Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Please celebrate for the pen. Right. Good morning, church. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just like everyone else. I just have a story. Everyone here has a story, and I just thought maybe my story can, you know, my journey towards finding joy can encourage somebody, but most especially it can encourage me because I'm still in that journey. I don't think we ever leave that road. We are still always finding the path. You know, of accepting that God actually loves us and we deserve joy. You know, we deserve to be happy. Hmm. So I remember when I was a, a child, my mom used to, when you ask her a question, she would be like, hmm. And I'm now an adult and I understand everything she meant by that, hmm. I get it now. You know, when you've lived life for a while, you understand there's, there are things that are very deep and they shake you and they move you and they form who you are. You know, so for anyone to understand my my joy story, you have to understand where all where the sadness came from. You know, so I'm one of those who who came from a polygamous family. Um, my father had two wives. My mom was the second one, and I was the only child of my mom. And he, his first wife had six children. So my father had a little bit of money. So I grew up in a level of affluence. Those sorts of kids that if you want to visit your friend, your father's driver will drive you there and wait for you when you finish playing, you enter and he will bring you home. Rubbish home training, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up that way. Then along the line, you know, my father and mother decided that this was not working out, so they split. And I don't think my mommy was really prepared for that. And so we fell from, I like to tell people that we fell from grace to granula <laughs> to uh, granite because grass is still soft you know so <laughs> really hit it hard I mean we fell from three square meals to visiting friends to see food to eat we fell from using toothpaste to using salt we fell all the way down to charcoal you know I was very good I'd buy charcoal, 100 naira for those nylon bags, and you pour it in one iron thing, and you fan, 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 fan. That was, that was our story. We really fell, you know? But that would have been okay. You know, life, life hits you. Take what you got, yeah? But what made it worse was that my father was very responsible, so he made sure I went to good schools. So I still went to private secondary schools and private everything. And then your classmates are girls who go to London for holiday and you have someone with an American accent, you have another one that speaks French. And they're like, oh my God, did you watch TV? Did you watch it? How did you watch it? And we don't even have TV. <laughs> so what that does to a child is that it breaks your self-esteem. It does, you don't even have a self-esteem. I used to say I didn't have low self-esteem. I had no self-esteem. I didn't have an esteem to steam out, you know? <laughs> There's no, no esteem, I was broken very damaged, you know, always feeling like an imposter everywhere I went, always felt like I had to give up to an impression that, you know, nobody should know my, that after this class, I'm going home to sell my mind with my mother in front of police station. Nobody should know that. I'm just giving it front, you know. So 
yeah, that was where sadness and depression started to set in, and I was dealing with that. And I dealt with that all through. But at least I had one thing. I had my mom. You know, people talk about how their parents were bad. My mom was exceptional. She was my best friend. She was everything. And one thing about poverty is that, you know, people say poverty is an orphan. They are, they are not lying. Everybody that used to surround my mother's table when she was affluent disappeared. They didn't leave a trace. They didn't even leave footsteps. They just disappeared. So I, I didn't have uncle and auntie and anybody I could go and know, you know. So we're always alone, just my mom and I, and she was everything. She filled in the gap of father and mother perfectly. You know, she was excellent, and I, and I loved her so much. So even if I didn't have anything in the world, I had my mom, you know. And then I got married, I remember, and I gave birth to my first child in September. My mom passed on in October. So now I don't have anybody. I don't have siblings. I don't have a father who had died a long time ago. I don't even have the one mother I used to have. So if the depression was 60%, it entered 1 million percent. Because now I was alone. I was alone. And depression, you know, you have a husband, you have children. And you wonder, well, you have husband and children. Why are you always feeling so alone? And I remember saying to myself, okay, let's say my life was a typical Nigerian movie. And my husband woke up one morning and said, get out of my house, you this woman. I don't want you anymore. Where will I go? And I would think of myself, I said, okay, I have to rent a hotel. Say he now gets angry with me and my children. All of us will have to rent one small hotel somewhere. Because I didn't have anybody in the world that I could turn to and say, fight for me. Or can I stay with you while we gather ourselves? There was nobody, not one person. So. Uh, one more thing that also reminded me that I was alone was when I had my second child um, during his naming I didn't have one person that stood for me as my family it was just friends and my husband's family remember my mother-in-law said you mean Mojuka, there's nobody here for you I said no ma no it's okay I'm, I'm sure people are busy you know life I said lie I was dying <laughs> I looked around behind me and there was nobody there I was alone so I was always depressed. So I had my notebooks, tons of them, where I wrote suicidal thoughts. I wish my life would end. I'm useless. What am I contributing to the world? Blah, blah, blah. And then I wait till everybody's sleeping and I would weep, 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 because you can't cry in front of your children. Your mother can't be asking, mommy, what's wrong? And how do you explain that one? So I would wait, they would sleep, everybody would sleep, and the house is quiet, and I would weep and cry and say, why well, am I alone in the world? Why did they give birth to me? Blah. So one day, God decided to open my case file said, okay, Modupa, it's about time we dealt with all of this, you know. And, you know, God broke protocol in the sense that people hear from God and it's usually, okay, the word, there was a word he gave me and there was a song I heard, there was a message he preached. He just went straight and just had a conversation with me. And I know the song that really captures it is that song, and I'll sing it after this, but he always told me, Modupa, you are not alone. Modupa, Modupe, you are not alone. You have never been alone. Since before your mother decided she was old enough to marry, I was with you. Before, before your father even knew what your mother looked like, I was always with you. Modupe, you are not alone. You have never been alone. That naming ceremony that you are complaining about, that you didn't have family there, I was your family there. I sat down there and I watched you and I was happy for you. And I celebrated you. And when they prayed, I said, Amen. Modupe, you have never been alone. I have always been with you. I have surrounded you everywhere. I have hid you under my wings. You are not alone. Be happy. 
be complete. You have me. I've got you. I'm, you are under my arms. I protect you. What your mother can't do. I sent those people who told you how to raise a child. I sent them to you. I'm the one who gave them the words to speak to you, to encourage you when you were confused about being a wife. Since you didn't have a father, I provided for you. All those clients you have, I brought them to you. I am with you. You are not alone, Mudupe. And that is how he broke it for me. He, he made me realize I'm not alone. And I, and I, and I am now joyful. <laughs> and I, some days I pick those books that I wrote, you know, a couple of years ago where I was writing how useless I am. And I was like, Juka, you are in a deep, dark place. If you never believed that there was a God, see, you're out now. There is a God. God exists. God is real. And he saved you. He saved you from yourself. You were going to one day wake up and just... Because sometimes we listen to people that have committed suicide and you're like, I mean, this is this all that made you to kill yourself? I mean, I've gone through worse. But you don't understand the depth of depression and how it... Depression is a force. It's a spirit. And it keeps telling you, you're not good enough. A waste of space. If you were so good, why don't people surround you? You're all alone. You're useless. You also one day will get tired of you and drive you away. Is that not what happened to your mother? That's what happened to her. The father got tired. And it is a replica. It will just repeat itself. And God said, in case you don't understand when I say you are not alone, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to create a hologram of myself. I'm going to call him Taiwo. I'm going to call him your husband. And then he's going to love you. He's going to love you in a way that you don't understand. And you would be like, I don't deserve this kind of love. And he would love you anyway. I would give him hell because I'm a broken child. And he would hug you in the midst of that hell. And he would say, I love you, Mudupe. I'm sorry, I love you. You have no choice but to be loved by me. And that is what God was telling me, that that is my expression in your life of love. So now, I'm joyful. <laughs> I'm extremely joyful. And I'm going to end with this. Thank you. What joy is, is I've come to see. Joy is not that extreme happiness, like you're high on drugs or something, you're just, no. Joy is quiet. Joy is contentment. Joy is in the little things. So yesterday, my son was running to me and he was shouting, I does this all the time. Mommy, your phone is calling you. Mommy, your phone is calling you. And he doesn't get that. It's your, your phone is ringing. <laughs> I find joy in that, you know? I find joy in, okay, so my husband dressed really like an old grandmother. <laughs> and I've been insulting him for seven years. That guy, guy, now you're amazed. They move car like this, that guy. <laughs> Sometimes I push his leg, press accelerator, you know, but he never changes. And there's something he says, he says, you can't shame the shameless, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't have any shame, leave me. And that, that's, I find extreme joy in. I'm happy, I'm, I'm my happiest. And he insults me, like, get out. You know, <laughs> I'm happy when my son comes to me and he says, mommy, what, what, what country is Africa in Nigeria? Where do I begin to untangle this one now? I find joy in that. I find joy in when I'm, I'm I, I like walking a lot. So I, I walk in the mornings and there's this one particular cleaner, that we, uh, Lagos State Cleaner, this orange overall. And she's, she's, she's disabled, she, she limps. And then every morning she's cleaning. And I used to watch her. This woman, I'm sure she's doing this, not because you know she has, she has, she doesn't have a choice. She has children, she probably has to feed, and she's working hard. So every time I pass her, I just walk past. I think some days I'll just wave at her. And she'll be like, okay, she's waving. And she'll wave back. I find joy in that. You know, I find joy in the most ridiculous things. I find joy in the sun rising. I find joy in hugging strangers. So I'm just, hello, I'm like, hello, and I don't 
soggy. <laughs> that that makes my week, you know. And that is how God has healed healed that. And I just hope that you know, somebody can pick a thing or two from what I've said. Thank you. Okay, well done. Um, okay, your song. We'll do that. What's the song again? Ever feeling reckless, love a God. We'll do it at some point. Um, guys, you know, just even thing to Holy Christ's story, um, that there is a type of joy that the world can't touch, that circumstances can't take. It's purely an inside job. Um, and Holy Christ, um, you guys are such a gift. You know, sometimes when you see a young couple, they come all the way from First Tackle every Sunday. You know, and Holy Perry said me, she, she, uh, she, she runs like an HR consulting. So I remember reaching her once that I needed some help in, comp- in the company I work, I work with to structure something. I felt like, are you sure she's bringing church people to come and do consulting? <laughs> because the first thing they'll see how scattered brain you are. So at least pretend that it's tidy. <laughs> right? So at the top, I was like, ah, but when she got in, literally, in fact, I think that um, everything that was, in fact, I felt so exonerated. Like, uh, because uh, things were working, and I'm, you know, when the HR consultant is not judging you, because she knows you're loved. But, but there is the other part where she also knows that, okay, she's there to solve problems, right? But there is a, there is a way we are, you know, in our own case, I think that I used to think I have an endless reserve of love. My tank ran empty. And I think again, you know, you know sometimes God would embody loving your spouse right and as you in, in many cases you find out that you might be the one bringing the bringing that strength to love or your, your spouse but as you heal you realize one day you come to a point where two lovers are seeking to out love where the love has overflown all right so still stories of joy ginger to celebrate ginger hi guys But I'll start with reading Galatians 5:21. But um, 22. I read from the New Bible. It says, "Spirit effortlessly bears the rich harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, integrity." gentleness and self-control and all this individually reveal the irresistible attraction of the inner life of our design they are not fading fragile emotions produced by willpower this is the fruit of what you know in your spirit to be true about you fruits is the effortless spontaneous expression of the character of the tree Rest in the awareness and the assurance of who you really are. So, um, I probably had, should have had a speech made up in my head, and my husband was just saying, "Don't you go and pray?" And <laughs> I like, I know you're coming to talk about stuff that you already know, but you know, sometimes you need the words to be spirited. But then, I, me and God don't rule like that. Like. <laughs> We're very chill, we're very, very chill. So, um, 
I didn't have anything prepared to speak about apart from like who I am. And I think that joy is an identity thing. So, okay. I've always been fat. Let me start from there. Very nice, obvious. <laughs> obvious place. I've always been fat. And then after primary school, my first school, was an all girls secondary school. It was really bougie. Like we didn't even use those buckets to bath. Like it was shower and nothing else. We had night cap. We had like we used to bring provision because we were eating like almost six times a day because there are snacks, there are in betweens and stuff like that. And then when I got to JS3, my dad was just like, oh, well, there's no school that is only boys for university. I need to get used to having boys around you. So come and be going. But in that place had been, I'm not even going to say bullied, but you know how you just feel like you are not a monk. And it's not as if you are not a monk, but you just know that you are not accepted in a weird way. Like, there's nobody that you can say, oh, my day wear is wrong, but let me go and borrow from this, my friend. Like, if you don't have day wear, you don't have day wear and it's done. Like, you are just going to be frosted in that day. So, it was crazy just having to navigate lack of acceptance for the longest time and then finally coming to the place where okay you've managed to accept yourself in this ecosystem and then boom you are going to a military school and there are boys oh my god it's like it was crazy but then like that was another crazy navigation so i was in navy and then i had to find myself again but in all of this like i was really sad and I've always been happy. So it was very weird to just be a very potent mix of both happiness and sadness at the same time. And then I just winged it, winged it, God by. And then I got to the place where I started trying to know God for myself. Not just because I was knowing God as I was born Christian and all of that. And I realized that joy is an identity thing. Like if you know, if you know God to the point where you know who you are to God or in Him, you just suddenly know that you have no other option than to be joyful. And I'll give a very um, good example. So basically, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So God knew how important it was for you to be joyful to the extent where he took it out of your hands. So literally, you, you as, as someone that is aware of the love of God, you don't have any other choice than to be the things that the fruit that you are a branch of produces in you. So it's like joy is a fruit, so you're just a branch, and you're only responsible to show the fruit that the roots grows out in the stem and through you and as a result of that i i i stumbled on the preachings of damola you should check it up you should check him out on um, youtube but then some of some of the things i learned from him are that our joy is not really based on how we feel because emotions are very are, are very fickle in fact as a result of how our upbringing has been we have the falling nature as our major orientation but then when you start learning about god and you start working in love you realize that we are called to a greater like a higher level of existence it's not we're not supposed to be like oh my charger is not working and i can't charge my phone and then i'm sad um i don't have money and then i'm sad nobody likes me and then i'm sad so it's like you are supposed to be different that's very normal that's very very normal but we are supposed to be different so our joy is not supposed to be based on our feelings it's supposed to be based on god and we is to us and it sounds very um what would i call it now abstract but then when you bring it down to like the examples that modupe was giving um 
Okay. So there's free will as a concept. So everybody likes to imagine that free will is power above sin and this and that. But you know that choosing joy is one of the major expressions of your free will. It's like I have all the many options of the things I can choose today, but I'm going to consciously, meticulously, dedicatedly, stubbornly choose that I'm going to be joyful. So even if everything I'm looking at and everything I'm seeing is looking some type of way, if I decide to choose that I'm going to be joyful, I'm just going to be literally seeing pockets of joy as the day goes by. So it's like joy is a compass for me. Joy is a state of being. It's why it's what makes it easier to love. It's what makes it easier to express power. It's what makes it easier to be wise and express that wisdom. If there's no joy, your giving is sacrifice in a very you will you you I don't know like sacrificing that I'm not enjoying doing this thing even though it's paining me. It's like sacrifice. I'm suffering and I'm not happy that I'm doing this thing. So joy is like the tool that we use to navigate life. That's why it says you draw out of the world of salvation with joy. Because it's literally the means, it's our sickle, it's how we bring in the harvest, it's with joy. So people are generally um, attracted to happy things more than they are to sad things. But the thing now is that sad things can feel like they are deeper than joyful things. But you know that joyful things are even more deep than sad things. Because you can actually be happy in a place and forget that you have to go home. You can be so at rest and so relaxed in a place that you can misplace your handbag. Something that's so important to you. But it's it's underestimated because it's it's being confused with happiness. And happiness is an emotion that is fickle. Like you can be happy and then you cannot be happy. Like people can advertise happiness as a product to you and you buy into it. But joy is not <laughs> like it's a state of being. And then it's from there that you navigate life generally. So every single time I find myself sad, maybe about something, maybe I've gotten distracted. And it's easier said than done in the sense that life, it comes at you fast. So you can literally be talking about this and there's something that is even making you sad currently now as you're in church, Steph, and at the back of your mind is nagging your head like now, wow. Uh -uh. But then like, it's now you that they gave Mike to talk about joy. <laughs> That they gave mine to talk about joy. But then you also have to remind yourself that joy is the presence of God. And it's a gift. So literally, the idea of gifts is that I don't have to earn it. I don't have to merit it. Like, I don't even have to have access to the best things that encourage the fact that I should use this gift. But I have it. So if God is at work in me and is present in my heart, one of the ways that I show that he's there is in joy. That's why I say greet somebody with Jesus' joy. It's not your joy. Like, you don't have it. <laughs> you don't have it. You cannot have it. So it's literally um, the presence of God. And then it's how it disseminates. So it's easier for you to change people's minds when the atmosphere is joyful than it is. Than. That's why condemnation and the law cannot bring out fruit like that. It's because joy is necessary. It's like sunshine for a plant to grow. That's how important it is. So um, it's 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 very anti wokeness to talk about joy in a particular type of way because there are some people that just as a function of they say biology they cannot really ex experience what we have come to define as joy. So um, I just want us to bow our heads and then let's say prayer before I go. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your gifts. We thank you because you have freely given them to us. 
We thank you because you are good and there is no shadow of turning with you. Oh God, we thank you for your joy. We thank you because it is. We thank you because we can feel it. We thank you because we know it. We thank you because you are joy. As much as you are love, you are joy. As much as you are power and wisdom, you are joy. We thank you because this word, this joy, this idea that you can come into a place as dark as this, into our darkness, at every single time that it springs up, that we feel some type of way that you're there with us to remind us that, see, we can choose joy, we can decide this way, and that immediately we fix our eyes on joy, just like this serpent was raised up in the wilderness, that everything falls to background noise. Father, we thank you because we are reminded of it today. We thank you because we walk in this strength, we walk in this restedness. We thank you because we walk in this assurance that your joy that you have given to us, not the type of joy that the world gives, but the type that the world cannot give and the world cannot ever take away. We thank you for this joy. We thank you because it fills our spirits. We thank you because it fills our hearts. We thank you because it energizes our body. We thank you because we circulate it knowingly and unknowingly, consciously and subconsciously. People are drawn to us because of joy. People, when they come to us, they take joy away as souvenirs in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you because this joy, it defies understanding defies human reasoning we thank you because this joy that doesn't make sense is our reality in jesus name father we thank you because you have given it to us as a gift and when we have gifts we can give them away as well but i thank you because i have the gift of joy and i thank you because today i give every single person under the sound of my voice that same gift you have joy you have joy, joy unexplainable. You have joy, the fullness of joy. You have it, you have it, and no one can take it away from you. And as I've given you, you have the permission, the freedom to give it to every and anybody that you come in contact with. This joy spreads like wildfire. This joy spreads like wildfire. This joy is our compass. We make decisions with this joy. And in this joy, they tell, it's in our spirits. It reminds us we are sensitive to its power in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for this joy, God. Thank you because even in this season and in life and generally in eternity that this joy that you have given us that we will enjoy it, we will feel it it is tangible, we will handle it we will master it, we will use it and at the end of the day we know that we have you and we have all things for in Jesus name we are free. Amen Thank you Gingers You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.